What should associations who charged nothing for their online congress in 2020 do now? And what role will vaccine passports play in the resumption of international meetings? Here to discuss all of this and more is Damien Hutt, Executive Director of the Association of Association Executives, organisers of the Association's World Congress. Damien, welcome to Deep Dive. Thank you. Damien, I'm going to start with an easy question for you, just a warm-up one. What did 2020 teach you? I think that there's always been a huge opportunity to get more delegates to conferences when they're online. And in the context of associations, the association has a duty to its entire membership. And, and normally a very low percentage of members actually attend physical conferences. So this opportunity is great for, for associations to, to build on the online formats that are, are becoming available and the technologies and that people are getting more used to attending online. So I think that's the first thing. The second is that associations aren't secure in the value of their conference content. What does that mean? Well, we know that, that attending conferences is, is very much a social thing, meeting people face-to-face, -face, networking, and having a good time together. But the content is, is what they use to evaluate the value. So this is the talks, the sessions, uh, the workshops, and um, a lot of associations are finding it difficult to say, well, you know, this is worth um, whatever it may be, 800 euros for the two, three days, and this is going to improve your, the way you, you operate in your, your work and, and what you do. And this is a matter of, you know, could the conference content online be just as valuable as it was physical? And, 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 and the associations are finding it very difficult to, to um, get that across to their members. Oh, that's interesting. So this shift to online has uh, changed the, might it change the value pr proposition of in-person meetings? Is that what you're saying? That if we can learn something just as well online, why are we meeting in person? Yes, I think that is the case. Of course, as I mentioned earlier, the social side, we're social beings. Mm. We want to meet physically, of course, and that will never go away. But, uh, you know, for a lot of people who can't, who can't afford the time or the travel or the, the cost locally, you know, who may have done before or they, they just find it more difficult to get to events, they're going to be able to attend online and get greater value. And I think this will focus associations in explaining the value of the content. Right. OK, so let's talk a bit about your uh, flagship event, which is the Association World Congress, which was... Uh, due to be held last year in Estoril, uh, Portugal, but for obvious reasons was pushed back to, to this year. Um, it's now um, scheduled for June. Are you still optimistic the event can be held in person? Well, I'm always optimistic, but um, you know, congresses of the, of the size of ours, remember that this is about four or 500 people. Mm -hmm. They're going ahead at the moment, well, from, from next month, uh, so February, March and April, are uh, already booked in in Portugal. And we know that our local partners in Kashkaj can deliver a safe event. However, we, we are undertaking an assessment with delegates and sponsors and exhibitors and our members who haven't yet booked on, you know, about their situation. And we'll base our decision absolutely on that. And that will be in the first week of February. We'll make that decision what to do. Because ultimately now, that's that's what uh, you rely on. You're relying on your delegates and your exhibitors and, and what, I, I, how they feel about the situation. 
yeah, it's it's an event for the delegates. So if they don't want to come, yeah, absolutely. And it's difficult because they, they may want to come now, but when are they going to make the decision that they're going to come? And if that's going to be, you know, six weeks before the event, well, we can't decide, you know, we can't switch a, a button and, and, mm. and arrange all the physical side within six weeks. That's That's just not possible. So we've got to try and gauge from them what their decision-making process is. And it's not just they themselves, it's what approval they'll get, the ability to travel and all those sort of things. And that above and beyond, what is the situation with COVID and vaccination at the time? Yeah. Now, obviously, you're the executive director of the Association for Association Executives. You hold meetings. But as we've spoken before in the past, your remit is far broader than just meetings. Your your audience are association executives and all the issues that affect them. But let's just concentrate on meetings for a little while, because it seems to me that the longer restrictions on movement persist, the more likely it is that associations will have had to cancel at least one edition of their flagship events. And if, say, um, they held them every March, they could well have had to cancel two of their flagship events mm. already. Um, from what associations are telling you, is this an ex- existential threat to some associations in terms of you know loss of revenue and the financial difficulty they're going to find themselves in? Yeah, for, for associations that rely on event revenue and have only got, let's say, a year's reserves in the bank, it's uncertain they'll survive. Those associations with a number of years reserves will need to substantially curtail their activities, which are in effect financed by the profits of the conferences. So our research shows that nearly 50% of associations offered their flagship event for 20% or less of the normal price. Mm-hmm. And, and that's unviable. What's worse is um, that they said, no, we're going to offer it for free because it's online. Which, which is, is a very, 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 very difficult to roll back, uh, you know, situation to roll back from. You know, following on from this, we see that most associations are finding it impossible to justify charging an equivalent fee for their physical events. Right. By equivalent, I mean excluding, let's say, catering costs. You know, holding an online conference is expensive with professional systems, you know, platforms. Uh, they're the equivalent of the venue technicians additional technicians with video recording which is often necessary for high quality uh the, the management online and more so associations seem to be reluctant to consider that the value for delegates is similar and so that therefore that the price should be similar but they must address this and communicate this to their members so if they do not manage to communicate this engage with the members and explain what the situation is you know then they are going to either need to cut their their, their their costs very substantially or they will go under. There have been some examples, haven't there, of associations putting on quite lavish uh, online events last year for, for free. And I, I, that rang alarm bells with me too, because if we accept that some form of hybrid is going to be part of the meetings landscape going forward, like you say, how do you roll back from that? You've already said that you're prepared to give this stuff away for free. Yes. It, it, now, some people, some associations said, hey, our members are in a difficult situation because of COVID. You know, we, they don't have their business anymore, you know, or they've been their profit, their revenue has mm. been substantially curtailed. Well, that's OK, because that's a different reason. But yeah. when we're talking about just saying, oh, because it's online, it's not worth as much. Yes, this is this is a mistake. We I understand about the social side and it's and, and that part you can't deliver as well. But the quality of the, you know, the content should be the same. Now, it, it could be better as well. Sharing documents, sharing various things, being able to even networking can be very good. Um, but but 
they've got to get to grips with. They've got to have this real communication with their members and say, look, this is valuable content. This is not just something you find on the internet. We have to program it. Mm -hmm. We have to research. We have to create this content. We have to guide the speakers. We have to, you know, record it. We have to do all this. And this costs a lot of money. Yeah. And also, you must understand that, that much of the activities of the association was funded by the profits on the conference. So we need to retain the profit element, let's say. So if you mm. paid 800 euros for a delegate fee, you know, 600, you know, there might have been a break in even of a, of a thousand delegates to pay for the overheads. But then for everyone else, you know, 80% of that revenue would go towards, you know, funding the association and, and funding various activities. And if you, you know, and that's why we need to retain this. Yeah, so associations need to sort out a pricing model for their online events. But what, what other specific challenges uh, are associations facing right now in your experience? Lost revenue specifically from exhibitors is the greatest difficulty. They're also finding it difficult to determine which technology they should use mm -hmm. for the best experience yeah the right platform um, yes yeah what about member engagement stuff like that there, is that is that been easier in some respects or is, have members wanted to come to the associations more or, or is that something they're struggling with well across the board we've seen a much greater increase in communication um and desire for support from associations mm. in our awards last year so we at the end of last year we did um, and awards for uh, best uh, program for support during COVID, for example. Mm. And that was very successful. There was huge numbers of, of entries for that. And that's what a lot of associations have been doing. So that provided an opportunity for, for, for vastly increased engagement with members. Mm. But remembering that member engagement is a about everything almost that an association does it's a strange yeah. term we think about memory engagement sometimes as is it just that we send the right emails and are they personalized enough it's virtually everything an association does and that was a huge additional engagement opportunity for many associations and in that way and, and it was for us we we had 1800 delegates uh, sorry 1800 people who who attended um our events in june july that we put on our webinars mm. our master classes and that was much much more than normal so this is a, this is a fantastic opportunity and the desire for more training online is is greater and that's obviously being provided online so as well as events going along online there's uh training courses and workshops that are being taken into online uh, as well so, so that's it's a big so change so not only are members of uh, associations reaching out to each other more, but also you've noticed um, increasing demand for peer-to-peer -peer learning. So associations talking to other association executives. Yes, we've seen we've seen a huge increase in our organisation, and also uh, uh, the, the difficulty is that there are limited ways that people can do this. Yeah online so really it relies on relatively small online events mm. in order to engage with each other uh, we rolled out uh, things like our online tastings so we did wine tastings beer tastings and those are fantastic so a little tasting with a professional yeah, and then discussion about what are the challenges you have at the, uh, you know at the moment yeah and and that well well facilitated you know proved very very valuable last year and we go on with those every month uh from april onwards the the 
we we launched our specialist group uh, meetings as well so for ceos for event specialists and we only allow 15 people to attend those mm. but you know the small the small groups that they can engage with each other and it's working very well and that's what a lot of people are doing and of course zoom is the biggest platform that they're using for this yeah we i think we're discovering the same thing at, um that when we put on webinars and things not to worry about chasing big numbers because actually it can be very difficult to you know people inevitably sort of get lost in a if there's a huge amount of people online especially if you're holding a zoom meeting rather than a webinar so just concentrating on the value is actually maybe um i don't know 20 or 30 people online rather than you know hundreds and hundreds i think i think it's worth distinguishing as i think you were there between a webinar and a training um uh and, and a meeting a networking meeting because mm-hmm. the webinar is very much like a talk you'd have at a conference you talk and then there are lots of uh, the question and answers and in fact having lots of questions and answers is is absolutely brilliant yeah and that works very well and zoom is a perfect platform for that and then a meeting where it's mostly discussion you may have somebody talk for a couple of minutes say look this is the issues perhaps you know and then heavily facilitated um, discussion or just discussion with sensible people um, is, is, is perfect. These two things are very useful and that one-to-one, you know, learning from each other is definitely the latter. So you've been one of the more vocal uh, supporters of online meetings tech over the last 12 months, but are there any things it can do that face-to-face can't, that the mantra seems to be that, you know, face-to-face is the richest a possible delegate experience and nothing that happens online can be better. Uh, do you necessarily agree with that or do you think there are maybe certain things that you can uh, do better online? Certainly there are things that can be done better online and two of those are networking and um, using your time more effectively during the, the conference. So with the networking you know, if you attend an event that has thousands of people, it's incredibly difficult to find those people. When online, you can search them perhaps by profile, tag them as people that you want to meet, and and then um, set up a a meeting during the event. Um, It relies on the technology providing you the right profiling so that you can find those people. Uh, and, And they're not all doing that at the moment. Uh, it may be that the technology might have a um, some sort of uh, AI that would, you know, link you up with people that you want when you set the profile and set an appointments time and things like that. So I think the, the the greater investment in this in the technologies is coming, and the awareness that that's critical to get the most out of an online event. The other thing is that delegates don't necessarily want to be busy in sessions all the time. So you know, if you're at a physical event, you might say, well, I'll go to a session here. I can't see anything that's really terribly useful to me, but I will still go to that because yeah. there isn't a, any alternative. But online, you know, you could say, well, actually, you know, it'd be better me using this 45 minutes to network with some other people hmm. uh, and and then look to see if they're available and network with them. Hmm. So I think those are two things. But I think this culture of moving into to higher quality online content means that the delegates will be able to get more out of the content the presentations will be prepared better for online they'll be automatically made available for longer and we see associations um 
creating discussion forums for each session, something we've been doing now for, for two years, so that every talk that's put online available afterwards has a, an ongoing discussion forum with the speaker and other other people, maybe panelists. And so that helps those who, who you know, look at it after the event, who, mm. who can only view it after the event, it helps provide a much more rich experience. And that could be your current delegates. If you've got multiple streams, all this other content, they could, you know, sessions they couldn't attend because they were busy in other sessions, you know, they get better value out of it as well. Yeah, that's interesting because that's something that people are talking about uh, with in-person meetings. How do you extend the life of an in-person meeting? Well, actually, if you've psychologically left the building, it's not that easy, but I guess it would be easier online where you're sort of in the same environment and you're just extending extending it. Um, but, but, but one thing that in, in many international associations are with their online events are asking speakers to speak twice on the same topic because they're having to cover the time zones, oh, okay. which which is a good idea. So the speaker's saying, yeah, OK, that's OK. But that's because they're they're in their office or at home. And they're able to do that, even if it's the middle of the night. They feel, mm. yeah, that's okay. We understand why. And then, you know, talking to those speakers and saying, look, are you okay answering questions for the two weeks afterwards? Yes, because we're all working online and they're much more available than they used mm. to be. Mm. So we, it, these things have come together. The availability of speakers has come at the same time as the, the, the demand for them to be available for longer, which is good. Do you think maybe then the value... The value of a face-to-face -face or in-person meeting is going to be more about um, more about that rich social interaction. You said it's easier to maybe easier to network online, and I, I suspect that might be true when the technology uh, catches up. But still, that sort of uh, the face-to-face, -face, the sort of shaking hands, that kind of thing, and maybe sitting down for a meal. Do you think, ironically, that we've had this focus on education, 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 but maybe the in-person meeting might become more about more about the, the personal, the sort of the opportunity, facilitating high-quality networking in that sense? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that online networking um, is lesser quality, so you can have video, face-to-face, one-to-one video, which I think ought to be the standard, or, or not one-to-one, -one, maybe one with a few, but um, I think that you remember that the profile, or shall we say, yeah, the profile of, of somebody who attends a physical event will be much more precise. They're more likely to be those people who, who um, can sign off their own attendance, um, who have more time available, probably more senior, and maybe are at the, the um, peak or mm. uh, the peak or past peak, shall we say, you know, moving yeah. on eventually to, you know, being more, more supported, more consultative, and maybe, you know, of their careers. So yeah. of their careers, I was going to say. So they're, they're, they're now at a point where they want to put back, but they, but they also want to discuss face-to-face -face more and have more social time, and maybe they're involved more with associations. So be careful that the people who are going to attend those events are going to have a certain um, profile, Mm. And, and it's, you know, excluding the fact that you say that it's going to be higher quality, perhaps, or it's going to be of a certain nature that some people might prefer. Lawyers, for example, prefer, you know, although they read a lot, they prefer a lot of face to face, yeah. or, you know, we've noticed, um, for example. So, so 
you know, the profile might change. That's, yeah. The profile will change yeah. of, of those who attend. So it will be it will be different in multiple ways, I think, those physical events. And I think the, the, the overriding that the association is going to have to limit very heavily the number of people who can attend the physical aspect of a hybrid event because they can't afford the huge risk. No. So they're going to definitely pitch their numbers very much lower very much lower to the point where regularly members uh, who want to attend physically online, there isn't enough space, but you mm. couldn't risk it because it's incredibly expensive, of course, you know, physical compared to online. Yeah, yeah. no, I get that. Um, <clears throat> now, obviously, we can take some heart from the fact that these mass vaccination programmes are being rolled out, albeit patchily and not, you know, different speeds in different countries. And I know a lot of um, a lot of developing world countries might argue that they they haven't had uh, access to the vaccines as quickly as the, the uh, developed world. But um, that aside, I I worry sometimes about the lasting legacy of social distancing, um, mask wearing, that kind of thing. We may we may get to a stage where uh, deaths are coming down because the most vulnerable have been vaccinated. But if there is a kind of residue of this that lingers on and on and on. Um, I, I don't know, I'm not sure I would want to attend a three or five day meeting if it meant wearing a mask every day indoors. Um, obviously, we, yeah. see, we see a lot of meetings, industry events where people are willing to do that, but that's because they have a vested interest in the industry itself. But what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you think it's viable that people will want to spend a lot of time indoors wearing a mask? I think it's going to be difficult. I think events will get shorter in length and obviously smaller events are going to be more acceptable. I think that um, hybrid is here to stay with ever increasing quality and effective online experience and you know, a much larger proportion, even up to 80% are going to be online. Nice. But the physical events without masks are going to need vaccination passports to work. That, that, I think we're going to go through a stage of that and um you know that, that i don't think there's any alternative to that for for a number of years i would say you know two up to five years mm. so it's it's going to be tough because it's not just about what you want it's also about you know what is your your what's your company policy or your association's policy what is your insurance company prepared to cover and and the, the travel is the biggest issue I think mm. then, you know, what, are we going to have um, COVID sort of vaccinations at the airport or are we going to have tests at the airport before you fly, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, and, and how is everyone, anyone attending a large event going to be sure that everyone who's come in from various airports around the world, you know, have done all this. And this is why I think we go through the vaccination passport. So I think it's going to be difficult and, you know, how coordinated is this going to be? Mm. you know we're international coordination is absolutely essential isn't it we need to be, have faith in other people's systems not just our own um but let's let's try and uh, notwithstanding all that let's try and finish on an, an optimistic note and and that's to say that the vaccine rollout is, is broadly speaking successful hospitalization rates start to come down um and in some way or another by by june in-person meetings um are happening and uh, the AWC in Esther or Portugal is, is, is going to go ahead and, and you're going to get 400 people there. What can they expect from this year's event? 
Well, that's June is still some time off. We have conferences between now and then, um, but they can expect a, a, a very focused event. It'll be hybrid, of course. It, it's a multiple stream event for mm -hmm. two days and uh, we'll be covering conference strategy for online strategy and we'll be looking at, at uh, technical aspects, commercial aspects uh, and sponsorship and exhibitions and how to deliver that. And we'll be talking a lot about how to market uh, an event online and mm -hmm. to, to, to promote that, of course. And importantly, we'll be addressing training and education and how that's gone more online and how to be more effective. And we're going through that process of researching with our members what are their critical needs for information and for training and what are their challenges. And it's from that that we'll then develop the programme. Yeah, so... <clears throat> Did you say earlier when, when you expected to uh, make a final decision on what kind of what the events uh, format will be um, at the end of January, did you say? Well, uh, beginning, we'll announce the beginning of February, um, whether we will hold it in June or not, or, or maybe maybe uh, postpone it to later in the year or next year. And we're, we're consulting our, uh, the delegates who are booked on the event and um, uh, various stakeholders to find out what their approach will be, because obviously that's the most important thing. The event mm. is for them. Yeah, so between now and then, we have a lot of uh, conferences, a conference on, on hybrid events, and we have webinars and a lot of masterclasses. So, you know, we're ongoing education every month and, mm. and uh, content for people. If we do decide to hold that online, as we did our UK Congress last year and our Asia Leaders Summit and our UK Leaders Summit, it'll be the very best quality on a professional online conference system to ensure that it's, it's uh, you know, highly valuable, valuable and, and delegates can access a, a great deal of content. Yeah, well, I think over the years, the AWC has really grown in stature and the content's got better and better and better. I would love to be in Estoril in June, just for a bit of sunshine and uh, see people and clink a few glasses. But we, we, we will see what we'll see what happens. In the meantime, where can people go if they want to find out more about Association World's Congress? Can you give us a, a web address? Yeah, if they go to Association Executives org and there on the home page we have uh, our forthcoming events and click on that and see all those events including our hybrid conference in march and our training and online webinars great association executives.org damien thank you very much for your time on deep dive and uh, hope to well hope to see you soon if not uh, speak to you soon it's my pleasure thank you for inviting me